0: Chapter 41. George. I'm convinced field day will be canceled. Principal Klein huddles with the fifth grade teachers and they each wear deep frowns. All the teachers clothes are soggy. All the parents volunteers clothes are soggy and all the students clothes are soggy. Only Mrs. Rosenblum seems to have completely avoided the sprinkler shower and Principal Klein just has water soaking the bottom of his gray slacks. Since it's so hot today, many kids seem sort of glad they got doused. Lily stands next to me, a sparkle in her eyes. The water has washed off most of the egg yolk that still clung to her. She's holding something behind her back, but I can't see what it is. We are close enough to the teachers that we can hear their conversation, or at least we can hear Principal Klein. His loud voice is impossible to miss. We could probably hear him even if we stood clear across the field. We have to cancel, he says." Lily and I scoot a little closer so we're at the very lip of the circle of students all waiting for the conversation to end. Luke stands next to me. What do you think they'll do? He asks, his legs wiggling and his arms twitching. I put my finger to my lips. I want to listen. It's not the students' fault the sprinklers turned on, says Mrs. Crawford. Are you sure? asks Principal Klein, his voice rising. Of course I'm sure. Who would do such a thing? asks Mrs. Rosenblum. I agree, adds Mrs. Greeley. There has been plenty of poor sportsmanship this week, but those sprinklers ruined both teams' chances to win, not just one. But what about the egg race, Principal Klein asked. That was spoiled, too. An accident, plain and simple, says Mrs. Rosenblum. Mrs. Greeley nods. Lily is a bit of a klutz. I giggle, and Lily elbows me in the ribs. Well, you are, I say. I mean, just a little she frowns. And you can't blame her for the eggs being made wrong, Mrs. Greeley adds. Did any of us see a student turn on the sprinklers, asked Mrs. Crawford in a clipped scholarly tone. All the teachers shake their heads, including our principal. Lily lets out a loud sigh and grins. She must have turned on those sprinklers, and I'm sure she must have had a good reason. I assume she stopped some sabotage that I didn't see. I give her arm a gentle squeeze. Nice job, I whisper. Most of those sprinklers are set on timers, adds Mrs. Crawford, as the teachers remained gathered together. Maybe one just got knocked off its correct time. That sort of thing happens all the time. This comment gets the other teachers nodding their heads in agreement. I can't recall that sort of thing ever happening, counters Principal Klein, but I suppose it could, and we can't punish the students because someone may have done something, not if we don't know for sure. Mrs. Crawford pats the principal's hand like a parent might do with an upset baby. I once set the timer for a meatloaf wrong, and it cooked for four hours instead of 40 minutes. We had to order a pizza since the meatloaf just wasn't edible. A shame, says Mrs. Greeley. I love meatloaf. I think we can all agree that meatloaf is a tasty dinner, says Principal Klein, but we are not making meatloaf here. Any more suspicious acts will force an immediate cancellation of field day. Of course, agrees Mrs. Rosenblum. Absolutely, says Mrs. Greeley. And worse, said Principal Klein. A deliberate action to ruin today would result in catastrophic punishments for the kids. Lily grips my arms. What do you think they would do? I don't know, and I don't want to find out. There have to be more things planned today, but we can't go around ruining every event. The teachers will be on to us. We need to be smarter, agrees Lily. Lily. "'I hold up my notebook and tap the page. "'The water stream soaked my back, "'but I was able to cradle my notebook so it's mostly dry. "'That's why I wrote down all my thoughts. "'The hula hoop contest is next. "'What if someone replaced round hula hoops with square ones?' "'Lily laughs. "'I think everyone would notice that. "'I guess so. I crossed that off my list. "'Besides, I've already figured out what was planned "'for the hula hoop contest,' says Lily with a grin. "'What? When? "'When everyone was drying themselves off, Zane dropped this. "'She shows me what she has been hiding behind her back.' It's a small and very soggy paper bag. She lifts out a box of pepper from inside. The hula hoop contest is right next to one of those big fans. I think Zane or someone was going to put the pepper over the fan and make the contestant sneeze. He can't hula hoop while sneezing. But wouldn't that just make everyone sneeze and everyone lose? Not if someone on my team was wearing nose plugs. She holds the bag upside down and a dozen small spongy plugs fall to the ground. I bent down and picked one up. So the entire team was in on it? I don't know. It just takes one person to win. Grace is one of my hula hoopers, and I wouldn't put it past her to be involved. I'm relieved the hula hoop contest sabotage has been discovered. But there are plenty of events left and plenty of mischief we need to uncover. It will take a miracle to get through the day. I check my notepad. I'll run through my notes for the next few events. I have lots of ideas for what might be planned. Just keep your eyes and ears open, and your fingers crossed. Chapter 42, Lily Eight team red and eight team blue competitors file into a big spray-painted circle to compete in the hula hoop contest. George and I personally inspected the hula hoops, just in case someone else planned to ruin this event. None of the hoops are wobbly or falling apart or filled with anything weird like mustard. I don't know why I thought one might be filled with mustard. I guess I'm as rotten a schemer as George. He thought someone might fill the hula hoops with helium so they would fly. Zane frantically runs around yelling out, "'Has anyone seen a paper bag? I had a paper bag!' I put the bag in a trash can, hidden under random garbage. No one will find it. Samantha, Giovanna, and five other girls from Team Blue grab hoops, and so does George. I think Samantha and Giovanna are going to be hard to beat. I saw them practicing earlier, and they look like longtime hula hoopers. George is good, too. He out-hula-hooped me once, and it still annoys me when I think about it. My team is not Awesome Sauce. I picked my team alphabetically again because I had to pick them quickly. So I chose L, Esmeralda, Finn, Gerardo, Griffin, Grace, Harrison, and Heaven. Finn glares at me and mumbles something I can't hear, but it's probably best that I don't. I'm sure it wasn't a very nice mumble. I can tell that he does not want to hula hoop, but my team is not without hoop hopes. Heaven and Esmeralda both told me they love hoops, but now that I think of it, they may have been talking about earrings. Harrison said he was great at hoops, but I think he meant basketball. A few members of my team pick up their hoops to practice. Finn, Harrison, and Heaven can't even make their hoops circle their bodies once without falling to their feet. But I only need one great hula hooper to win. The last one standing wins for his or her team. I spy Grace talking to Zane, probably about the pepper and plugs. Grace stomps away and toward the event. Even without nose plugs, Grace is my secret weapon. She told me she is a two-time hula hoop contest champion. She won those contests in preschool, but she's our best chance to win. Mrs. Rosenblum instructs everyone to get ready. Principal Klein watches from the sidelines, as do all of us kids. Our principal glances at the sprinklers, but seems satisfied none are about to accidentally start spraying. Mrs. Rosenblum pushes a button on a laptop computer that has speakers attached to it. Polka music dances out. She cries, start hula hooping, everyone. The spinning begins. Within seconds, nearly half of my team is out of the competition. Finn, Harrison, Heaven, and Gerardo all fail to complete a single twirl. Finn tromps off, glaring at me this entire time but that means half of my team still spins, so we still have a chance. Grace swivels her hips calmly and looks like she could spin all day. Griffin hangs in there by wiggling his arms and moving his legs in an awkward and jerking gyrating motion, but it appears to work. Ellen Esmeralda aren't too bad either, but there are plenty of good team blue spinners like George who swivels calmly. Fortunately for us, two team blue players get too close to each other, their hoops collide, and then they fall. The accordion polka music continues. Mrs. Rosenblum orders everyone to take a step closer together. As Elle moves in, she walks right into a team blue player. They both lose their hoops and their balance. Elle falls and rolls into the legs of Esmeralda, who rolls into another team blue hula hooper, who falls into another team blue player. Samantha deftly steps away to avoid the dominoes. Griffin goes out next, tripping over his own feet, but also knocking out Samantha from team blue. Grace is now the only hula hooper left for my team. George and Giovanna remain twirling for Team Blue. They all look really good. This contest could take a long time until someone wins. Sarah stands behind me. She talks with Zane. Why is this still going on? I lost the pepper, complained Zane. I bite my lip and say nothing. The music swirls and Mrs. Rosenblum orders the three contestants to move closer again. Their hoops are only inches apart as they spin around and around. It's sort of mesmerizing. My teammates yell, go Grace! And Team Blue's spectators scream out, go Team Blue! All three spin and spin. "'Take another step closer,' orders Mrs. Rosenblum. The three of them take a step closer together, but now they are too close. George's and Giovanna's hoops collide. Giovanna's hoops crashes to her feet, but somehow George's keeps going. Giovanna picks up her hoop and stomps off. Now it's down to Grace and George, side by side, hips circling, hoops barely missing each other as they twirl around and around. One step closer, and this will be over for one of them, or maybe both. I feel a tap on my shoulder. "'It's now or never,' says Sarah." What do you mean? We can't lose, she hisses. I found a banana peel next to a trash can. She holds up a black and sort of disgusting peel that is dripping with what might be fruit punch. I can toss it at George's feet. She steps forward with the banana, and but I jump in front of her. Get out of the way, she orders. I stand firm and cross my arms. No way. We're going to win fair and square. I've had enough of you plotting. Can't you all just give it a rest already? Sarah glares at me. I knew you weren't on our side. I don't back down. I'm on our side, but I'm also on the side of playing fairly. You're just a Team Blue lover, Sarah says, and spits as if the taste of Team Blue is on her tongue and it's a sour taste. This is just a game, I say. It's about fair play, and this isn't just a game, insists Pete joining us. It's about winning a special prize, like a lifetime supply of pillows. At least that's what I heard. I want to roll my eyes. Instead, I say to everyone, don't you want to win fair and square? There's a pause, and Sarah shakes her head. Not really. Others from our team are listening in. Almost half of my team seems to be surrounding us. This is my moment to show my spirit. This is why I'm team captain. Whether it's tomorrow or next year or years from now, when you look back at today, don't you want to look back knowing you tried your best, I ask? I point to team blue. Those are our friends. Sure, they might not be in our class this year, but next year they might be. We go to their birthday parties just like they go to ours. You don't cheat your friends. You don't plot against classmates just to win pillows or whatever the special prize is. Even if that prize is really, really incredible, asks Amelia. Like a litter of kittens, asks Jessie. Or a giant fortress loaded with golden zebras, asks Zachary. Yes, even then, I say. But I love zebras, exclaims Taylor. I look good in stripes. The circle of Team Red members has grown around me. Not too many kids even watch the hula hoop competition. Some nod their heads agreeing with me. Others seem uncertain. I can see their brows furrowing as my words sink in. I have a chance to stop the troublemaking right now. I raise my fist. Let's win fairly, I declare. Honestly, for fun and spirit, who's with me? No one says a word. I pump my fist again. I said, who's with me? My teammates smile, and I think many of them are going to shout that they agree. But then Mrs. Rosenblum yells out, and the winner is George and Team Blue. George won. I think that's great, but no one else does. Every smile on my team is erased. Sarah glowers at me. If we lose spirit week, it's all because of you. Everyone trudges off. Aisha, however, throws me a small smile. She puts her arm across my shoulder. I thought it was a really good speech. She gives me a gentle squeeze, even if no one else thinks so. We'll take a short break until the next event, announces Mrs. Rosenbloom. Who wants a snack? Everyone runs off to get in line for food, including Aisha. I can't get my team as excited about playing fairly as they are about eating a snack. I stand by myself as the grass waves gently around me. I know we need to play fair, but playing fair seems very lonely."